Welcome to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives. I'm your host, Kevin Green. Today, we'll have industry experts with their insights and perspectives on the latest cybersecurity news that impacts your agency and organization. Today, we'll have Jerry Davis, CIO of NASA Ames Research Center. Good day, Jerry. How you doing? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? Pretty good. Welcome to today's podcast. I think we have some very good things to discuss. A lot of things are going on in the cybersecurity world, and I'm glad to have you as a guest today. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Always, always welcome to be here. So I'm sure you see a lot of things that come to your desk from a cybersecurity perspective in terms of threats, incidents, and so forth and so on. So one of the things I want to lead in and ask you are, is what are some of the top security challenges that are facing the federal government, as well as names as, aims as well. But in terms of the overall arching uh, issue, what are some of the main security issues that are facing the federal government? Um, you know, Kevin, it, it's uh, for, for me, I've always kind of broken it down to really um, uh, simplicity. Uh, you know, security in itself hasn't necessarily uh, been been the root cause of the problem of of issues, but really kind of uh, IT mat what I consider IT management, and that's the day to operate day to day operations of how IT has been managed across any enterprise, and and what we've seen uh, lack of uh, good processes and good procedures and and basic hygiene as it relates to IT management has had really profound effects on uh, security. And uh, some of the other things is as you get into security is when you get to the side of software development uh, in organizations, just a, a lack of completely understanding of what are the different security issues as it relates to, to software development. Those are some of the huge, uh, some of the bigger problems that we have in government, some of the challenges that we have to get over. Speaking of software development, you have been a huge advocate, a strong advocate uh, for advancing software assurance as well as software security. What advice would you give to federal systems on formalizing software assurance in their organizations? You know, I, I, you're absolutely right. I've been a strong advocate. Everything that we do, uh, you know, in our lives, our livelihood, everything in today's world is really run by software. You have a hardware component, um, but at the end of the day, everything that, that hardware is running uh, it's being run and managed by software, and we've been dealing with, uh, you know, nationally, uh, poor software development, you know, for, for 60, 65 years or so now. So, you know, my, my charge or, or my advice would be to the CISOs out there in the world is, is really get into trying to develop a, a software assurance uh, program within their, their organizations and focus on really, really good software development practices, um, good code development, and then weeding out uh, you know, what we would call uh, common vulnerabilities in the software development uh, uh, practice. Um, standing up a good program is one of those things that uh, will take an organization a long way to having a good cyber posture in their organization. Jerry, I want to shift focus for a second. Um, I've been reading a lot of things in the news about information sharing and how it's very difficult. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is related to information sharing. Um, why does it seem seemingly very difficult to get it moving in the right direction? That's one question. Uh, and the other question is, what are some recommendations or suggestions uh, to get it moving in the right direction? Because I think, you know, industry, government, academia, we all have a role in terms of information sharing. So can you share, share some, some light on that? And what do you think are some recommendations, some way forward regarding information sharing? Yeah, so let me share about sharing. 
<laughs> so I think uh, you know what I've seen is that there's there's a lot of efforts uh, around information sharing, particularly as it relates to cybersecurity. Um, I think one of the challenges that we have is there's there's not a lack of of people or organizations or group working on on different aspects of information sharing. I think the challenge is that there's so many uh, different groups that it's really really hard to bring them together into. Uh, kind of a, a, a common platform or a place where we can all come to uh, and share these different issues. If you look out in the world and, and do a search on the different information sharing and analysis centers, there's a, there's a tremendous number of them. So they're all kind of working in their, in their own stovepipes. I think some of the other challenges that you have is, as it relates to private industry sharing information is that there is a, uh, a potential um, for attribution and you know uh, private industry they work on uh, profit and loss and so they may be very reluctant to share um, information about issues that they may uh, uncover within their own uh, environment or products and that sort of thing. I think going forward uh, one of the things that we need to do is have uh, environments, have platforms where all these different ISACs can come together uh, into one place and everybody share uh, on their on their own um, uh, volition what they would like to share as it relates to whether it's software development or any areas of, of uh, cybersecurity. And bring that information in and then uh, put it in an actual, in, a, in an applied environment uh, or an applied environment where you can actually test the different um, theories and practices that are out there and then take that information and turn it back around and give it back to the different communities of interest. I think we need more than just information sharing. I think we need actual environments, you know, kind of like what you have with, with Swamp Kevin, where you can actually apply uh, the different practices and the different development activities are going on in a single environment and then roll that information back out to everybody. So one of the things I want to follow up is, so how has information sharing been within NASA? I mean, NASA is really huge. How has information sharing been in NASA? And what has been some of the lessons learned that you can share with the federal audience here? Um, that, you know, it, it is uh, a large environment and you have a lot of, of uh, software development taking place, a lot of activities uh, to support the mission that we, we do here, uh, particularly around space exploration, <clears throat> earth science, and things of, things of that nature. Um, we have a lot of different groups working on a lot of different things. Um, but one of the things I think that we found that works really well for us in the information sharing environment is having these, uh, what we call virtual institutes. So NASA has three primary virtual institutes that we actually run out of uh, AIM Research Center. Uh, one is on aer aeronautics, we have another for astrobiology, and we have yet another that's around the areas of, of space exploration. And uh, we're tinkering with the idea of standing up one for cybersecurity as, as well, information sharing, a training and analysis center. And, I, and one of the things that we've learned by having those, those three core virtual institutes is that we can bring together academia, we can bring together private industry, we can bring together other public uh, government entities all into one place and share from around the world, share different thoughts, different practices, different ideas, uh, around those different communities of interest. So I think um, uh, those are one of the key things that we do at NASA very, very well in those three very specific disciplines. So Jerry, you mentioned uh, software is ubiquitous, right? Software is in everything. It powers our critical infrastructures and cars and planes and 
What are some things we should be focusing on regarding IoT? You know, we have those issues as relate to uh, aviation, cybersecurity issues in, in aviation. Um, we have issues with autonomous vehicles and, and modern day vehicles. Uh, you have those same issues uh, with Internet of Things uh, as it relates to uh, industrial control systems, um, critical infrastructure. It's all over the place. Healthcare, you name it, it's everywhere. Again, I think one of the things that we have to do is have a platform where everyone can bring in from these different critical infrastructure sectors where they can get together and collaborate. And I don't think you necessarily have to be uh, an expert in uh, a, a particular critical infrastructure because uh, for me, uh, a system is a system is a system. Um, but I think you can bring in some really smart people from academia, private industry, and government um, who have backgrounds in things like cellular transmissions, who have backgrounds in things like Bluetooth and industrial controls and bring them into a single environment where they can actually apply their theories and concepts and, and develop papers and develop uh, practices for, for ensuring that security is a mainstay and is developed into products uh, that are built for the um, for the internet that are going to be talking on the internet it's just a matter of it's you know everything as it relates to private industry is all about getting things to market and get it to market fast well security normally when you're trying to work security in it it, it kind of slows down getting getting to market we have to get around that and, and get better at building again building security into these these products and these devices um, at the at the onset of, of development and conception and I think that will go a long way towards uh, securing uh, the Internet of Things. But it's absolutely exploding. It's all over the place. And uh, we got to try to reel it back in before uh, the, the toothpaste gets totally out of the tube. One of the things I've been thinking about, Jerry, lately is the fact that we have to have better uh, capabilities in terms of technology. I think there's there may be some gaps in terms of state of the art, in terms of providing what I call proactive capabilities so that we can be on the forefront of some of these cyber breaches. Because a lot of what we see today have been traditionally uh, reactive capabilities, reactive technologies that have been deployed in the environment. You're out by Silicon Valley. What have you seen coming um, in the future without, you know, regarding the next one or two years? There are some some groundbreaking things that federal systems should be paying attention to. Um, yeah, you know, so uh, being out in, in Silicon Valley has its very, very unique advantages. Um, uh, often, uh, you have companies out there that are developing products, uh, whether they're cyber products or general technology products, that are running two and three years in what I call shadow or stealth mode. And they really are cutting edge uh, technologies. And I've had the opportunity to meet with venture capitalists uh, in Silicon Valley and look at the different technologies um, that are out there. I think from a sizzle perspective, one of the areas that we should really continue to pay attention to, because you're absolutely right, Kevin, uh, any tools that, that my ad, I have an attitude that's like most of the tools that are out there today are really behind a power curve and, and they're not really effective in dealing with uh, today's threats and the different vulnerabilities that we have. So one of the areas I see that's really moving along um, very well, particularly in the Silicon Valley area, uh, is around uh, big data analytics. I find that to be a, a huge area where we can learn and get better uh, about proactive security. I think um, we're talking about big data analytics, we're talking about using um, advanced computing, um, supercomputing type resources to solve some of these uh, issues um, around uh, cybersecurity. I think a, a step up from 
um, supercomputing as you get into advanced computing is around quantum computing. Um, that's one of the uh, efforts that we have going at uh, Ames Research Center is around quantum computing. And I'm starting to tap into that organization to see how we can use some of those, uh, that power of, of quantum computing to help solve some of these what appear to be intractable cybersecurity uh, issues and problems. So I think uh, keeping an eye on, on big data analytics and advanced computing is an area that CISL should, should pay particular attention to. I agree because the notion of indicators of compromise is totally too late. And I think we need to be focused on how uh, a particular adversary, the ways their behavior in terms of how they go about attacking our systems in the federal government. Hey, Jerry, this has been great. I uh, enjoyed talking to you. One last thing, you have any parting shots before we leave? Uh, no, I think uh, stand by. Uh, other than stand by for the next several months, we're going to be doing some some big things at Ames Research Center. It's going to have national focus in the areas of cybersecurity, and, and we're we're very excited about uh, linking up with uh, organizations in the private industry and public sector and academia to really try to push forward on some of these uh, cybersecurity issues and strengthening our posture here at NASA as well. Hey, Jerry, it's been great talking to you today. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Kevin, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. Well, I think we have to wrap it up here. I want to thank our guest today, Jerry Davis. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives on Fed School Radio with your host, Kevin Green. Till next time, peace.